This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who are just itching to go and get out to Joel Otto's famous Oktoberfest event, Oktoberfest. Craig, it's August. We're watching Dodgeball on TV and we're casting. Correction, we were watching Dodgeball. Now we're watching the end of the game handshakes uh, after U.S. defeated <laughs> Canada 15 to 14 in overtime. I got to say, man, with this televised Dodgeball game, I've never seen so many athletes with my physique before. Yeah, a lot of guys with uh, with uh, big guts. So it's very relatable. I feel like I should be out there. I feel like I could take a couple of these guys. but Big uh, guts, beards, I would fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like an altar, like a lumberjack competition. So, <laughs> it. Lumber, it's like if the it's the lumberjacks who don't do any work. <laughs> I, but that's just some of them. Some some other guys are just athletic guys who have nothing better to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like this guy on TV right now looks uh, pretty in shape. But you were talking about because I picked up on it too today. I didn't know they were doing it the whole day, but uh, ESPN two, the Ocho. I saw it. Yeah. It was like, I, have they been advertising it? I don't watch ESPN. At all. I, yeah, I don't really watch ESPN that often. I, I did see it at a bar a couple weeks ago. I saw an ad uh, for ESPN doing this. I didn't realize it was today, but then at work, somebody pointed out to me that ESPN 2 had rebranded to ESPN 8 The Ocho from the movie Dodgeball <laughs> today, and they were showing all sorts of weird stuff. And, uh, I looked around the office and I said, I made an executive decision. I said, you know what? We're doing this. We're doing this. So if I'm fired tomorrow for my day job, you'll know why. Because I put on, we, we have a couple TVs for, for news and we'll put like, if the Phillies are playing a day game, we'll throw that up there. But uh, today I just was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm watching whatever weird sports they're putting up there while I work. So uh, what did we have on at work? It started off with some European tram car competition. Mm-hmm. And then it was tetris on a nintendo <laughs> <laughs> on a nintendo that's the best part and then you and i saw the same weird thing after yeah, that and that was just it was marbles marbles i was looking i was working on the outline looking through uh what was on tv and i saw an espn marbles competition and i said no fucking way is this a real thing and i put it on surely enough people were analyzing it uh i didn't see a single person just heard a lot of voices talking about these marbles and then they they that was it I have no idea how marbles works. I didn't know it was a game. I had no idea. Look, like marble races, they made scenarios to make it look like they were in real arenas, which was frankly even more bizarre. Yeah. There was no human to be found. Like they would make outdoor ones. They would make ones that would look like an Olympic pool. I, I like a horse race. Like I, I, I can't fathom because. Also, they're just, they had like a machine releasing the marbles all at once. So that's what I don't get. There's literally no way besides just pure luck that these things are, are racing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe people come in and position it before, but I really, I, maybe they're sanding those suckers down. Like this is the smoothest marble (laughs) you've ever seen. motherfucker. Cleaner, the the smoother the marble, the better it bounces off the walls or some shit. I don't know. I like how. 
I like the idea that you might get fired for turning on the Ocho, just because if you were to theoretically get fired, I feel like another place would hire you because you put on the Ocho. Like they would look at oh, it yeah. and they'd be like, you got fired for what? All right, yeah, just come on. You're manager now. Oh, I'm bringing this guy in 100%. <laughs> Mr. Manager right here. I'm Mr. Manager. <laughs> and they also had my favorite, one of my favorite bizarre sports. They had a Japanese game show, uh, Slippery Steps. They had a, a, an American version of that today. What is Slippery Steps? Have you seen Slippery Steps oh, before? Yes. So they basically will put people in these like vinyl skin tight like jumpsuits or something. Okay. And they will make them go up these constantly lubed up steps. Oh my God. No. And okay. They just have to get to the top. That's the entire goal. And they just keep falling down the steps. And they'll drag each other down. They'll knock each other out. It's fantastic. That does so, uh, awesome, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's great. Or I haven't seen that yet on the uh, the Ocho. Well, you should. Well, they played it earlier, yeah, but perfect. you can just go on YouTube and see the Japanese original, and it's fantastic. Sometimes I forget. About Craig, did I? Did I tell you what? What we did Thanksgiving morning uh, before while we were waiting for the turkey to finish. I hope you did that up the art museum steps. We, I did. I did. It was wonderful. No. We we just put on Japanese game shows on YouTube, and that was what we did while the turkey cooked. The most American activity possible. <laughs> it does sound like a pretty good time on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Honestly, it's really like yeah, pretty entertaining. <laughs> well, they already it was very entertaining because there's slippery steps. There's hole in the wall, which they also made an American version. Yeah, there is. Uh, okay, yeah. there's one where it, it can, they have four competitors on bungee cords standing on top of a wall and they'll spin a wheel or something and it will decide what's going to come and try to destroy the wall underneath them. And the winner is the last one standing on a, a somewhat constructed wall still. <laughs> Sounds like, a so like they'll, set, they'll, they'll get it and it'll be like football and a football team will come out and run through the wall. It sounds like a competition we should have at Broadchurch Hockey, in my opinion. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I feel like we'd all... I, I'm just imagining you, me, Kurt, and Kelly on, t- <laughs> on top of the walls here and just seeing what happens. And they're like, all right, Eagles... Are and Bill Host. Yeah. Bill Matt's host. Oh, yeah. We'll we still have to do the uh, six-hour bus uh, pod, too, where I'm driving. Well, yeah, and turning around time. and yelling into the back to contribute while driving. So, for six hours, we'll see how that goes. I mean, if you want to drive me to Wisconsin next week, I, I'm certainly willing to record Steven, throughout that I'll, process. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to drive to Wisconsin. So I think I'm going to pass that one, buddy. I don't know. All that. right. You're lost. <laughs> Why are you uh, you're going to Wisconsin with uh, Emily or work? Yeah, we're doing some uh, like adult summer camp thing with booze and. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, it sounds it should like be fun. Summer. And Wisconsin in the summer is uh, pretty nice. It's like uh, 70s. You know, high seventies, low eighties. Outside, not a thousand degrees like it was in uh, a swamp ass city, Philadelphia, God. earlier today <laughs> or last week. It's been, yeah, or really the entire yeah, summer. It's been, it's been abysmal, it's been brutal. Yeah, uh, you. Uh, we we got to talk about hockey now. We're doing real hockey talk uh, now. I mean, there's not I much. Guess. Yeah, there's. But we'll. Uh, Can we talk about Pilot Pete? I we do not have a batch update this week. Uh, Your brother's not watching the Batch in Paradise. Actually, he's not. I might have more on that in the uh, the solo up next week when you are uh, jonesing around uh, Wisconsin doing whatever you want. Your brother, <laughs> your brother owes us Batch in Paradise. He's got to do it. I think the people will agree. All right. Well, let's not set him up for that. Let's see how he's feeling. 
see if he needs some off time. And then, uh, I mean, he's pretty much the only thing. This He's been the only topic of conversation on this podcast for years now. I mean, the Batch Here's update. The yeah. I'm not watching the Batch. It's not, it's not happening. The Batch update wouldn't be the Batch update if I watched the Batch. It's not happening. Oh, I'm not watching it. Yeah. Oh, no. He's the only one that's going to watch it. Everybody else that watches it. I mean, we, we only care about Ian's opinion on this. And then we'll go off that. That's it. And then we'll pretend like we know what we're doing and talk to other people. That's pretty. I mean, pretty much this is this podcast is just us pretend like we know what we're doing. We'll just say things. <laughs> That's we'll very true. Yeah. So just have to figure out something for the batch update over the next couple of weeks. We, we got it. We're good. But for right we now, it. we got it. Instead of the batch update, I have we have Tangy. Matt Reed and Gordon Murphy news. So I hope you guys are. Oh, everybody said, baby. Yeah. Matt Reed, uh, 33 year old Reed that everybody hated uh, towards the end of his time here. Um, the most mediocre flyer possible, and people hated his guts. Yep. Uh, is the third PTO that has been signed this offseason or agreed to. Uh, and he will join the Toronto Maple Leafs camp uh, in September. See if he can make the oh, team. Him and Noivy. Him and Norworth are two of the three, and then the other. PTO is Chris Stewart uh, with the Flyers. So it's kind of weird that all three of the PTOs so far have just been with the Flyers or former Flyers, but yeah, that's it. Uh, he had one goal in 12 games last year for Minnesota. He also had 37 points in 61 AHL games for uh, the Iowa Wild, the Minnesota's uh, AHL team, and eight points in 10 sure. AHL playoff games. I mean, as I always say when I'm talking about the Iowa Wild, there's only one thing to do in Iowa. That is fucking go wild. I mean, it's a good time out there, you know? I've never... Have you... I've not been to Iowa. Have you been to Iowa? I've not been to Iowa. M has been. M lived in Iowa for a short period of time. Fun fact. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Never I've never been. I've never been. <laughs> Maybe it is wild. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think it is, for, based on what she's told me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll just see what's up. But uh, two years ago, uh, it was his last season in Philly. He had a goal in 19 games towards the end of the year. I don't know if everyone remembers that. It came up and started killing penalties in the last 20 games or so. And then he had uh, 16 points in 33 games with the Phantoms. Uh, last season as NHL regular was in 2016-17, where he had 19 points in 63 games. He had 10 goals in 2016-17, which uh, isn't impressive, but just kind of surprising he hit double digits because I feel like people have been hating on Matt Reed for a minute. Ever. Yeah, for a minute. Yeah. Uh, been aware. In uh, his last season as an NHL regular, he had 54.88 uh, Corsi 4 percentage and 53.61 expected goals for percentage. I don't know if he's going to make it. Uh, I know the Maple Leafs have been kind of handing out cheap deals to uh, veteran guys to kind of fill out the bottom six, like they have Jason Spezza, and then they signed a bunch of AHL guys that could be in betweeners. Uh, I don't know. I think I it's think it's almost like they got to sign a bunch of guys at the top. The, <laughs> you know, kind of holding this up. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that would be part of the theory for Reed making the team too. Is they go through all the IR and signing Marner nonsense they have to, and then. Uh, after camp, they just give Reed a, a contract once everything's settled. I, I, I would imagine he's going to play with the Marlies, but uh, maybe I, I don't know what else he has left in the NHL. I mean, the last couple of years haven't really been too fruitful for him, so I don't think he's going to be. Uh, I don't think he's going to be playing top six minutes there. So. You remember when he fixed the player, the Flyers' penalty kill? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I remember when him and Katori used to be really good on the penalty kill. And I, yeah, but do you like, remember when he was in the minors yeah. all year, came back for a week, and like, <laughs> penalty kills fixed. We should keep Lappy around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that being the uh, like 
one of the many things that people try to build up in the case of keeping Lappe around. It is a good three-week span because Matt Reed's here, so this guy should keep his job. <laughs> Even this though he should 100% keep his job. Actively the worst that, PK coach. Honestly, I prefer the reasoning for keeping Lappy around now, and that's to play good guy in the too-much-asshole locker room. <laughs> I really think, yeah, I think that's it. It's just uh, all three of your... Big Al and the ass crew. Yeah, the ass crew is and just Lappy's gonna... The, like, Lappy's like the, the, the producer who's just like very like, Okay, guys, let's calm it down, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I picture it going down. During games, the, all the uh, young players are just getting yelled at, and after the game, they go talk to Flappy when, uh, in the locker room or something. So that's uh, when the ass crew's out of line. Lappy will be divine. <laughs> that's that's a shirt, print it. Send it to Give one the Lappy, too. Just let everybody in the franchise know what the deal is. Uh, well, they need to know. We're calling them the ass crew. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it was nice knowing y'all. And uh, yeah. the Flyers have shut down Flyperbly. And it's about time, frankly. I just want to see legal documentation of that. It's like, why do you want to shut down this podcast? They're referring to us as the ass crew. I feel like that's not appropriate. So we want to shut that. We want to get out in front of that before we become known as the Philadelphia ass crew. I'm just imagining Steph's reaction to getting any sort of notice from the Flyers about the ass crew, like a complaint about that, and just like, I'm going to kill both of them. <laughs> a deep sigh. Uh, a lot of what are you doing? I don't know. There, there's. I'm, I'm used to the uh, the rhetoric of uh, Steph when she's upset with you. So, well, well it'll be a, a familiar territory, yeah. <laughs> uh, along with Matt Reed, Gordon Murphy has said, will join the Hartford Wolfpack, where uh, Chris Malbach was just named head coach, as an associate head coach. I want to say that somebody just messed up. Assistant to the head coach. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like somebody just messed up on the presser and nobody has the uh, the balls just be like, no, I meant assistant coach. It was a, it was a typo. So I think everybody's just going to run with associate head coach for a while. Uh, first time behind the bench outside the NHL, uh, he was an assistant with the Blue Jackets from 2002 to 2010. Panthers from 2010 to 2014, and then from Philly, obviously from 2014 until uh, November. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Jeff Gordon just wants uh, wants uh, Gordon Murphy to spy on his AHL players, make sure they're not eat, eating uh, pizza and chicken wings in the locker room. You know the deal. For Jeff That's Gordon? All <laughs> yeah, he's done racing. The race car driver? Yeah, like, I've nailed the NASCAR thing. Now it's time to take on hockey. No, the, uh, the um, Rangers GM. Yeah. The uh, I see. I G-O-R-T-O-N. see. Although I would, well, no, he'd probably lose a NASCAR race to Jeff Gordon. I'll say this, and I don't know if it's a hot, I don't know if it's a hot take. I think Jeff Gordon, the GM, could out GM Jeff Gordon, the NASCAR driver. And, wow. And Jeff Gordon, the NASCAR driver, could probably drive faster than this Jeff Gordon. I mean, These are the hottest <laughs> takes coming from Craig Forsley. Where else can you get such hot, hot takes, takes on the, the internet? Hot, nowhere. Hot nowhere. We should have just done nothing but we should have just had four episodes of the hottest takes possible since it's August. The hottest takes possible. And then recorded takes gone wild. Recorded all with our windows closed and no AC on, so we just sweat. It's just nothing but hot. Just August is nothing but heat and pain and misery from the heat. That's all. Oh, so maybe maybe it's flight verbally gone wild when it's just too sweaty, <laughs> heavy dudes just podcasting separately from different homes in the Philadelphia area. Oh, I'm ready. I mean, we could do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's have fly purpley August and September. 
Let's just pretend like September is super hot, like August, and we'll just go from there. We missed August. We'll do two more. Well, we'll do one more episode, and then we'll do the uh, the hot nonsense in September. I mean, it sounds like a plan to me. But we'll sure. Sure. All right. What do you want to talk about next? <laughs> <laughs> we really, Let's I mean, see. What do we got here? Well, yeah, say, we could briefly perfect. we could briefly chime in on the the top twenty five under twenty five. I believe we should. Uh, from because, what I've heard, yeah, yeah, because I <laughs> I did not do this uh, very efficiently or well or really put much thought into it, if I'm being honest. I should not, and I think I will not participate in the future on the top 25 under 25, because I am a podcast host first and foremost, and yeah, I'm not, you know, I I, I, I could talk hockey. But I'm not gonna, I'm better off the fly, I'm better off the cuff. When you're expecting me to think hard about something, it's not gonna happen. I'm. There's nothing up there. <laughs> I, well, I don't think that's fair. I just don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you delve too much in the prospects. I think that's what this is. This is one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, you. Uh, you've had a long tradition of not uh, keeping tabs on prospects, and that's pretty much it. I mean, in fairness, the Flyers have not really had prospects until like three years ago, so wasn't really a concern until like now. But uh, yeah, they got them well, now. When I grew up with the Flyers, we didn't even know what a draft pick was. There was no need to know. Yeah. Yeah, to know there was no cap and uh, the Flyers were on by Comcast. That's all you had to know. <laughs> That's all you got to know. So, That's all you, Ed Snyder wants to win. That's all you had to know. So any cool free agent. Ed out Snyder's there, mad. Yeah, any cool free agent out there was going to get all the money thrown directly into his face to play hockey at Philly. But uh, so, yeah. I've gotten some shit on my ballot and probably deservedly. So. I didn't see. Because again, I didn't see your. I slapped this together. Uh, you told me one of them. I mean, this is slapped together, dude. This is not. <laughs> it's not good. What the, so what were the what are the the most highly contested ones, I guess? The the only one I got shit for. And again, probably deservedly so was uh, Bob Hag hits NHL hits. Bobby Hag 20 Robert Hag. I have as number nine and. My reasoning for that was I pretty much ranked all the NHL guys first and went from there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. I was like, well, they're in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And that's pretty much what happened. I will say, I think Robert Hag was one of the tougher runs for me because I don't. When we're doing these uh, rankings now, every single prospect is somebody you want to see excel in an organization and you don't know what their, their uh, ceiling is in the NHL. And you, you think you know, they're, they're, uh, whatever the skill set is limitless. They could become whatever they want in the NHL, but we know what Robert Hag is. Like we know he's a horrible defenseman and he, he's not going to get much better than this. And he has one year left on his deal. So he's, he may not even be here next year. So he kind of, I want to make fly- this very clear. I want to make <laughs> this very clear. I am no fan of Robert. Hag. Yeah. I am no fan. I have Sam Marin right behind him. Not a fan, yeah. as we know. Yeah, that's as we know. Right. Yeah, and I feel like they are the same type of situation too, where they are both guys that, like Robert Hag's an NHL regular. You can't really take that away from him. I mean, we can disagree whether or not he's a good NHL regular, but he is an NHL regular, which is a lot more than you could say about most of the prospects. But it's just the fact that I, I put a, the future obviously a lot into these rankings, and even though he's in the NHL, he's not going any further than what he is now. 
and we're looking for ways for him to get out of the organization, I feel like. Or at least some fans are. So that's why I, yeah. I dropped, I think I had him 18th or 19th. And then I had and Moran like Honestly, 19th, if I went 20th. talent-wise, I probably would have had him down there. Like, if I went yeah, yeah. talent-wise, I probably would have done this differently. I think I went more based on where I believe their, their ranking was within the organization, something like that. I, I don't know. I, 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 no, there's... I, my mind was in one frame at when I was filling this out. And then afterwards, you know, upon further review, maybe, yeah, maybe I would have changed how I did it, yeah. but I pretty much went with where I believe they were based on the, the organizational uh, framework. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, is there's no real rhyme or reason to these. You just pretty much have to be able to defend why you put, like you put Robert Hag nine, and then you were like, "Well, he has a lot of NHL experience. He's nine, like he in, he's in the NHL." I think to like me, it or not, he is an NHL defenseman. Yes. I don't, you know, debate if he should be, but he is in there. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm trying to think of what questionable ones I had. I left Strom and Jay O'Brien out of my top thirty. Well, I pretty much went through one through twenty five, figured out what I was going to do. Was about to send it to Kurt and then realized that we always talk about like the extra five. So I tried to write all five real quick and I left off Strom. Uh, and I try because I, I wanted to add, I want to talk about Ronnie Adderd. I want to talk about Ronnie Adderd just because he had a 30 goal season last year. He's a defenseman in the USHL. He had a 30 goal season, was named the USHL defenseman and player of the year. So I feel like he's a guy that may not crack the top 25 moving forward, or if he does in the near future, maybe it'll be in the high 20s, but I think after that type of season, he should get, at least get some type of recognition, so I just put him at 29, so I could talk about him a little bit. That was it. I put <laughs> I mean, that was it. I put uh, Wyatt Wiley at 28. That's because I saw that uh, a lot of people ranked him last ranking, and I left him off, so I was trying to, I guess, course correct for that. His numbers look fine. My honest opinion on Wyatt Wiley is he kind of looks um, very he kind of looks a little bit like a product of the system. I don't know if that's the way to put it, but Everett's known because we watched Carter Hart uh, graduate from the Everett system. We know that they're very, um, evidently they're a very defensive system. And it looks like they also follow Hackstall's uh, mentality of low to high. So apparently like he and his defensive partner have a crap ton of shots. Like they lead the league in shots among defensemen. So it looks like a situation where a lot of his pats, Stats may just be padded because he's throwing the puck at the net and then rebounds for assistant goals. It really isn't that much skill. I had to look more into that. It's Wyatt Wiley, you know, whatever. Uh, Connor, honestly, I'm looking at mine. the The main things I would change upon further review is I'd I'd drop Hag and Marin further down. I'd bump up Farabee, Cam oh, yeah. York, oh yeah, and Bobby Brink. Where did you have Farabee, York, and Brink? Farabee, I had twelve. Okay, so like first. Basically, like, uh, Frost was my first, like, non-NHLer okay. that appeared up there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was Farabee. And then, um, York, I had, uh, I think that's, is that 18 or 19? I think it's 19. And I, I should have bumped that up. I just kind of went based oh. on, again, more organization. I, like, where yeah. I, saw him. I, well, I feel like the... And Brink was uh, 24, the which isn't a terrible position for him, but I, had, I think maybe just based on talent, I could bump him up a, a few spots. I have Brink at 11. I think mine might be high. I was just about to make the point. I, I mean, he's, he's dude, he's a hell of a talent. Yeah, well, that's my whole thing. Is all, I think I was sleeping on him a little bit at this point, and I've read more about him since I filled this out. He, 
Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people originally. Well, no, Bobby Brink was getting a lot of hype before the draft too. But I yeah, think, he, he should have gone sooner yeah. than he did. I, yeah, I think I think that's the thing. A lot of a lot of people don't really realize that he is kind of like a first round talent. Even they got him, even though they got him in the second round. Well, the problem is Bobby Brink, as we've said before, he sounds like a superhero sidekick. <laughs> like he sounds like he was helping Captain America and the the invaders out in the 1940s in World War II. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, I was going to say though the the August rankings that we do of these, where we have to include the first or second round picks from the draft that just happened, I feel like are really tough to gauge because I think I was wildly off last year with. Faraby and O'Brien, even though I liked them a lot, I just had no idea. I I didn't know where they would really fit in because they hadn't played professionally yet or anything. Um, but I think uh, Faraby was my first non-NHL regular. I had him sixth. I like Faraby a lot. I thought he had a monster season. I think Frost is really good, too. I decided to go with Faraby over Frost. I think he had Frost seventh. Um, and I put York 10 and Brink 11th. So I put them up there. I put them above uh, Ratcliffe, who had a monster season. And, I mean, if you put him 10th or 11th, that makes sense to me, too. I just happen to have him 12th on my list. Uh, and then I dropped Vorobiev a little bit because he, I don't know, he he did saw action in the NHL this season, but he had two different times in the NHL with two different head coaches where they apparently didn't like the way he was playing. He kind of got downgraded in the lineup, and then he got sent back to the AHL. Yeah, so it was two unimpressive stints in the NHL yeah. and, it, and really just not a, a thought right now in the under 25 crowd in the Flyers promising young players crowd. You know, yeah, you, you really I think like, it's hard to rank any higher than a certain point. Yeah. But, and when you look at where he was last year, who's coming in, he's you know fourth round pick coming out of nowhere. He might earn the spot of third line center. And then he has this season where I, I don't even, I don't I believe he didn't play that spectacularly in the AHL as well. But I, I'm not sure about that right now at the moment. Uh, and then what were the other things? Uh, Linus Hogberg, Linus Hogberg. I had him 25th too. The hog. <laughs> my thing with Hog. I, boss Hog. My thing with the Hog. Come on, Boss Hog. <laughs> my thing with Boss Hog is I don't know what his path to the NFL is. <laughs> so I, I like, I, I like him. Yeah, the people that watch him closely really like his game. Charlie was talking about it a lot last night about how he kind of reminds him of Antoine, Antoine uh, Strollman. Uh, but he, right now, I think he gets the fifth most amount of ice time on his SHL team, the Lakers, and then he has the third best Corsi 4 percentage. So the, the two main raw numbers that you would look at to kind of determine how a season is going look great, but when you put them in relation to the other blue liners on his team, it looks like he is a, a number four or third pairing guy that is still getting out-possessed by a couple of his teammates. But if everything else is there, I, I don't know why the Flyers wouldn't sign him and bring him over. I don't know with Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, and Ghost, and then you just drafted York, and, and Freeman's still there. I know Freeman, I'm not saying Freeman's spectacular, but he played a game in the NHL this year. He is the next one that should graduate from the system. And you have uh, Niskanen for two more years. I'm not really sure where Hogberg is going to fit in or how long he's going to be with the team, I guess. He could come in theoretically. He could come in, and once you have to give another one of these guys a big payday, a uh, big payday like um, Pro Roth or Ghost or Myers, maybe you could ship one of them out if you trust Hogbar enough. Ideally, you know that's how it works with prospects. But uh, that I, that's all we can talk about the top twenty-five or twenty-five. If you want, Steve, I can talk about it a lot next week. Um, I, <laughs> talk about, well, I, I think I just wanted to mention yeah. the, the whole, you know, 
in case anybody's looking at my and rankings and saying, did a crazy person put that together? The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one I'll, I might get shit for is the J. O'Brien one, but I don't know. The, I, did, I had J. O'Brien as my last in. I Like, he was my number 25, and I, I thought about dropping him even beyond that. I mean, for me, it was just, I, I don't think he should have been drafted as high as he was. I don't know if he should have been drafted in the first round. So it if might have been Hextall's big draft mistake was was Jay O'Brien. It might have been. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and when you, uh, so if you're looking at it as he was supposed to be a second round prospect who went to play in the NCAA this year as a freshman and didn't really do that well, not only did he produce, apparently uh, he just to, to scouts and people that watched him just didn't look like he was really uh, thriving in any aspect of the game. And then he joined the, uh, a team in the BCHL, which is a a step down from, I believe, junior hockey. It's below junior hockey. So it's not really good to be playing that league in your draft plus two year when you're a first-round pick. I feel like that deserves a little bit of dropping. And if he kills in the PCHL and he's back in the NCAA next year, then he moves back up the list. Like right now, I feel like sometimes some of these lists need a little more of what's happening right at this second. So like Jay O'Brien is a first-round pick that went from playing in the NCAA to playing in the BCHL. I feel like that should require a little bit of dropping. And if he was at 20 in, uh, 20 in the winter, I think it's kind of easy to see how he fell off the list with the season he had. Okay, now we're done. Top 25. <laughs> I, will, I will say I'll talk more about this next week on the solo. I want to do a solo, another solo podcast when Steve's on, uh, in Wisconsin uh, having a good time. I'm going to be here talking about uh, Noah Cates. So I'll be doing that. I do like Noah drinking Cates, Bud but... Heavies on a lake. You know? yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah, we're pretty much going to be having the same amount of fun. So I'm I'm excited for that. To, to share. <laughs> the same amount. Yeah, there's no difference. <laughs> I have a s'mores bar. You have, uh, you have podcasting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, the Flyers are going to be on TV 20 times this year, Steve. What do you, national TV 20 times. What do you Num- think about that? Number one, there's only one word for that. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I, that seems like too many for this team. <laughs> uh, it feels uh, uh, one fourth of the season on national TV feels like a huge gamble for a team that uh, hasn't won too much lately. But you know, as we've been saying, I'm I'm th- it should be a good season. It should be a good season. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading something on the Athletic earlier about the expected, uh, like kind of the war for the flyer expected war for the Flyers based on their off-season acquisitions Ooh. and it's like <laughs> that that basically had them expected not to make the playoffs oh, great <laughs> obviously there's a lot more factors and this was just and the writer even admitted this was just straight up like an exercise and just seeing was it dom uh, based on no it was not dom loses yeah tom l uh, is what we're gonna call him on this dom, podcast. yeah, yeah. what are names yeah what are names yeah. I'll, I'll look it up real quick i'll look up the okay. author but um it is I again the expectations are all over the place. You're yeah. relying on a lot, a lot of young talent. You're relying on new coaching methods and systems. There's so many variables. Yeah. Okay. I have so no idea what the Flyers are doing this year. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, for national audiences, I mean, they are always they're a name, right? Yeah. It's like why the Blackhawks keep getting appearances, even though yeah, and the, you know they they were ass last year. Yeah. Uh, they're they're both names. They're premier team names in the league. And the Flyers might not have the oomph they had a few years back, but they're still the Philadelphia Flyers, and they still do carry some weight with that name. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I was going to ask you something. I forgot. Shit. Um. Welp. Guess you're not asking it, sucker. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess we're just going to move on from this. Okay. So ro- roster projection oh, okay. was no, by no, right. Allison. Allison Lucan. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was just strictly for the off season additions. Uh, no, I was just looking at the the overall roster. Oh, okay. So, like, again, I this is also I'm not a huge advanced stats guy. Right. I don't really know how most of that works, but I I, I do not and uh, pretend that I know. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say I can I can see how they would you know rate the Flyers poorly, but I think a, a big ass- essentially essentially the thing is the Flyers have uh, good both forwards and goalie war projected but the defense is the problem and i think well especially from an advanced stat perspective going from a gudis to a niskanen and braun is just they're not good advanced stats guys by any stretch of the imagination well and and Provorov isn't either to begin with i mean he's the guy that's going to be playing all the minutes um but i was going to say from see i think that to add to the you know not not knowing what to expect of the Flyers next year, I think I would. If you're looking at just their additions, I could get how they would be on the bottom half of that of the league in that article, I guess. But if you're talking about overall expectations, I think they're going to be better because we're expecting the the younger players like Pro Ralph, who doesn't have the best underlying numbers, and and Sanheim and Myers to kind of take huge steps forward, along with Limblom and Patrick, and if if one of the kids fills in uh, on the third line, so like it's weird that. I'm expecting the the players that were here last year, the the five twenty goal scorers and the defense to get better, a lot better. And then I think the additions are gonna kind of I guess sustain that success that they found. But I don't know. Like it, it's more the Niskanen will stay back and they'll let for Ralph and Sanheim room. And I, I don't think that's really been an option for those young players over the last couple of years. So we'll see. There's a lot of variables. Yeah, there's, there's we'll, we'll a see. lot of variables. And then also Carter Hart. We were talking about Carter Hart last night, but Carter Hart's a huge unknown too. He looks like he's going to be amazing, but it is his second year. And he played, I think, 31 games last year. So we're not really sure what his... We don't know how he's going to hold up over the stretch of increased starts. We also don't know how many starts the coaching staff's going to give him because, I mean, we know... Elaine Vigneault has had some strong starters in the past where he has definitely trusted that guy and, and ridden that guy to a degree. But I mean, you've got a young goalie, you've got an experienced guy made a glass behind him. So <laughs> by the <laughs> way, knows how it plays out with the flyers, 12 goalies this year, the dirty dozen, <laughs> by the way, it's not the, well, I'm going to play a train subject. Did you keep the fan two on? I did not. They were showing dodgeball, the movie. There you right? go. I was gonna say. Yeah. I, was gonna, I just turned to look at the TV. I'm like, why am I saying dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge on my TV? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just punishing myself by watching another Phillies game. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'll put that on in a second. I was gonna no, say, you, I you don't have to. I'm not missing. Okay, I I'm happy. That Actually, it's fine right now. They put the. I'm happy the Flyers are on prime time against the Oilers, the Avs, and I even think I, I know it's, it's gonna sound weird saying this, but. They have a primetime game against the Panthers in mid-February, and that could be a pretty critical game because both these teams could be looking for the wild card. And uh, this should be the first year in a couple of years anybody has cared about the Panthers. So, uh, I mean, that's that, that's the schedule. 20 times a season feels like a lot, but it is the Flyers who do own, you know, uh, the network. So We always have rivalry night, Craig. 
the night in which foes from the past that have opposed each other in the most fierce manner face off against each other in the ice rink known as hockey. So we got like two more months and then we can hear Doc uh, talking about players knifing to the middle and then telling us whose birthday is that day. So just two months away. Two months away from Pierre just mentioning schools nobody's ever heard of in Canada. (laughs) Pretending like it's not weird or out of place. Yeah. Pretending that it's not weird that he knows the exact history of everybody. (laughs) You know, I remember seeing Claude Giroux back when he was in first grade, Doc, and he was amazing even then. (laughs) Pierre, that's creepy and unsettling, but thank you for being so vigilant with your statistics. You know, a couple years ago, you ready for this? A couple years ago, Pierre was, I believe he was interviewed or being considered for the Penguins GM opening. Oh, baby. And now there's a GM opening in Minnesota, which nobody has reached out to him at all. Or at least I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is still probably the biggest story of the league, I guess, at the moment. Probably be nothing else going on. So it is. Yeah. And uh, according to look in the mirror, it's you. (laughs) According to Michael Russo. Uh, both Don Waddell and Bill Guerin have interviewed for the job. Uh, the Wad. Yeah, Don, Don the Wad. And I think, I believe what I saw last was uh, Waddell is, gonna, is the front runner now uh, in front of Hextall, which would make more sense than Hextall coming in because I don't think he really is the best fit for whichever direction they're trying to go. Because I don't think they're they really like in- hearty meals in Minnesota. <laughs> they're, they're not cutting out chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's going to be a whole thing. He's going to like, go up there and like give them all these like diet shakes. They're like, what What is this? Uh, But I, if Don Waddell leaves Carolina, I think maybe a friend of the show, personal friend, personal best friend who was due to hire me for a hockey team. uh, Eric Tolsky might be moving in to be the GM. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Wow. I'm not, this is, that is me throwing that out there. I have no fucking idea. I, (laughs) I'm throwing it out there in hopes of getting a hockey (laughs) job. But he is, you know, he runs their uh, staff department and he has apparently has been involved in a lot of the uh, the transactions. So I'm not really sure. I'm not sure who'd be up next in the on the uh, in the chain of power there. But say so, uh, for Minnesota, though, I think I don't know. I really don't know if Waddell's the one that's been pushing all the buttons in Carolina. I think it's more the <laughs> looking at the advanced stats and making those trades like the the need rider for rash trade that I'll, I'll bring up every single week on this podcast, apparently. So. Well, when you deal with an organization, an organization like Carolina that wants to win as opposed to the other 30 teams that don't want to win, <laughs> dun, dun. then, yeah, you, 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 that's a lot of pressure. I would want to escape from Minnesota, too. How did he make or lose money on the AAF, the American, all-American football, wherever that fucking league was? I can't imagine how he made money on that pile of shit. Yeah. Yeah, same. And then I thought, didn't he like not? He couldn't pay the players their last check. It was something. He there's some fishy stuff going on there. I think he had to step in and pay extra money oh, so that they could get paid. Okay. Like I think he had to basically save it, whatever was left at that point. So yeah, yeah. it's the perfect time to bring in even more football leagues. Bring back the XFL, <laughs> AFL. Oh, I guess arena football's been running in the soul. Just keep. I think the soul are in another championship. It's really. The least consequential the most team in Philadelphia. Team in the city, the Philadelphia Soul. Jaws have That's been building contenders for years, and nobody's paying attention. I'm... Nobody's nobody's paying attention. <laughs> I will have say, you ever been to a Soul game? I have never been to a Soul. I've never been to an arena football game. I was bored as hell. I will say, uh, I used to go to 
indoor soccer games. Do you remember the, the kicks? Well, I well I was I saw the Baltimore Blast, who I think had a bunch of titles. Not to brag about uh Baltimore sports real quick, but <laughs> also the kicks follow me on Twitter. So I'm dropping a lot of this is some I don't want to brag a lot, but this is an August app and we're gonna talk about the Baltimore Blast. Didn't they have like a three point shooting thing in the indoor soccer league? Because I feel like that's that's a big old shrug, buddy. You don't remember the scoring systems of indoor soccer leagues from decades ago? Exactly. Sadly, I don't. I remember everything else from decades ago. I don't even know why. I remember Pogs. I don't remember that. I just want to know the indoor scoring of the soccer game, Steve. I don't care about Pogs. God damn it. That's your fucking loss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the Baltimore Blast were pretty good. Um, Philadelphia kicks uh, where Freddie Adu started. Uh, Landon Donovan also started his career with the Philadelphia Kicks. Alexei Lala. <laughs> Pele started with the Baltimore Blast. Not a lot of people know that. Oh, yeah. Pele and a little known fact. Yeah, it's a huge. Uh... I was going to make one more point about uh, the, the the Minnesota GM search real quick. And it was. Uh... It's cold in Minnesota, so it's a tough job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that would be if you didn't like the cold and you wanted to be a hockey GM. Or that would be uh, your options you're, are yeah, pretty you're limited. Really yourself there, you're just kind of hoping you've that you've got you've got Florida, Arizona, Dallas. Can we talk real quick? Nashville. Do you know what? Okay, and I'm going to ask you this just as uh, I'm assuming you don't. Do you know what the Orlando ECHL hockey team is named? Hmm. Is this wasn't in the the episode title last week, right? I don't believe so. No, 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 no. Okay. What is it? Uh, the Orlando Solar Bears. And it is a polar bear with a hockey stick behind its head and sunglasses. Oh, hell yes. Oh, yeah. No, they've been around for years. Big fan. Or I think they're still around. I think I've seen the mascot before. I mean. Because how can you unsee a polar, polar bear with sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the fact that their names are their name is the Solar Bears is pretty amazing. I don't know. Yeah, I w- I I say that as a joke often, but I really wish I was sitting on that meeting so I could see somebody that was like Polar Bears. No, wait, we're Florida Solar Bears. That's the song. Let's we're good. Lunch. Let's do this. You guys know what Polar Bears are, right? <laughs> and then then they play uh, and they play the Who, and it goes yeah. <laughs> and he puts on sunglasses and goes, how about the solar bears? I want to say, if you have to work into your presentation, you guys know what polar bears are and they don't know, that's a tough room to win over. If they don't know what animals are. That's a tough uh, Listen, it, a tough you, start. You cannot, that's, that's marketing one-on-one. You can't <laughs> assume the client knows anything. That is true. Number one rule, customer is always wrong. Customer is dumb. You work at that store. You know the deal. You tell them and then you tell them to leave. That's Craig life advice. Craig's actually a corporate trainer. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that on that. Sure. Whatever you just said, I am. I am that. So that's what was your, what, what were you going for with Minnesota there? What were you actually going for? <laughs> I was thinking we should talk about some of these arbitration cases. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a fucking point. If I remember it, I'll write it down and put it on the. I'm sorry. Thing. No, I'm hey, sorry for derailing oh, you yet me. again. It's it was not it's never important. Nothing nothing I was about to say was important there. So that's all good. <laughs> podcast in the middle of August. No, we got exciting stuff to talk about. 
So yeah, so hockey arbitration. Uh, forty cases. Uh, there is set to be forty cases this summer. Um, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom for a couple. Yeah, you can go ahead. I'll rattle off these. This is gonna take two minutes. Then you come back. So arbitration. There are set to be forty cases overall. Only eight ended up going to arbitration, and then only four players needed their salary to be dictated by an arbitrator. So Andrew Kopp uh, was awarded two years, $2.28 million a year by an arbitrator. Rocco Grimaldi was awarded one year, $1 million uh, to play with the Predators. Uh, he wanted $1.25 million. Nashville wanted a two-way contract for seven hundred k. Joel Edmondson was awarded a one-year deal for $3.1 million. Uh, he wanted four point two, and St. Louis wanted to give him two point three. And then Anton Forsberg was awarded uh, a one-year $775,000 deal. He wanted 833 k They wanted to give him a two-way 700 k deal. Uh, and then the other four that went to arbitration, but they decided, or they settled on an amount after the hearing. They didn't wait for the arbitrator. Uh, Christian Juice, one-year, $1.25 million. Evan Rodriguez with the Sabres, one-year, $2 million. Uh, Ramai, Remy Eli, also with the Sabres, uh, one-year, 700 k And then Linus Allmark, also with the Sabres, one-year, $1.325 million. Uh, I like how the Sabres really didn't want to pay anybody. That was, uh, that was a fun uh, arbitration phase for them. So just, hey, did I miss anything? Uh, no. No, you didn't. No, it's all good. Nothing happened. A lot of players signed contracts. I was here. I was here. I was joshing y'all. Yeah, the, this, so w- what are the Sabres doing? Uh, I feel like that's been a good question ever since uh, like Tim Murray days. Ever I, since Dominic Hasek retired, yeah, well, pretty much. Just go back to that. I, I, I have nothing. I don't know why they. Uh, I don't know why they're dicking around with all these free. I don't think they're really tight on cap space, so I don't know why they they went through this whole process. But yeah, that's uh, that's Buffalo for you. Oh, the Buffalo's over the cap right now, actually. So there you go, uh, by a million. So maybe they did need all those uh, arbitration hearings, but that's spending it. what? What? What are they spending money on? <sighs> Bad players. I don't know. Like Jack, this is like when we talked about Vancouver. And we're just like, what, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> what do the Vancouver Canucks even use cap space on? That is true. What is that? You know, let's pull. Oh yeah, I'm gonna see if I can. We pull talked it up. about that though. Good. Yeah. It was just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, because they, because they dra- Benning for some reason actually well not some reason they're top end picks, but he does pretty well in nailing top five, top ten picks, and then he just signs the fucking Jay Beagles of the world or the Antoine. Yeah, we, we, yeah, Jay Beagles, Louis Erickson, yeah. all that yeah, shit. All that shit. Uh, World Junior Summer Showcase, Stephen. This is the. It's over, uh, and it just wrapped up. I think it was the only active hockey thing for prospects. But uh, Joel Faraby did uh, had a pretty good tournament. Uh, one goal and eleven shots and two assists for three points in five games. He also had two penalty minutes and a plus four rating. Uh, Bobby Brink, zero goals on eight shots, also had an assist in five games with six pims and a plus two rating. Uh, and then Adam Yinning, zero goals and eight shots and two assists for two points in five games with eight pims and a minus one rating. Uh, I put down Cam York had the one goal and 11 shots. Faraby had three goals and eight shots and two assists for five points in four games. So Cam York had a goal and 11 shots with two assists. So that was a uh, miscue on that. But yep, those are, those are the four players in the World Junior Summer Showcase. I didn't get to watch much of it. Steve, did you watch it at all? It was on the NHL Network a little bit, but it was on. I think in the middle of the day at points. I saw some of the game on Saturday between USA and Canada, and Faraby was 
at the top right point on the power play, set up a good, couple good chances. And even though Bobby Brink didn't score, I saw him laser a one-timer from the slot on the main advantage from about eight feet away at the Dinko end somehow. So he, he, I think he was doing some work there. He just didn't get any points for it. But, okay. Uh, well, I, I did not catch any. Yeah, so. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I, I think there were ten people in the stands. It took place in Michigan, and uh, it didn't, it didn't even sell out there. So. And Michigan's crazy about hockey. Yeah, not in August though. I don't think a lot of teams are crazy about hockey in August, but it's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot. Yeah. Every Canadian is at a lake right now. <laughs> Literally, every Canadian is hanging out at a lake. God, I wish it was. Not. Well, actually. I was going to say, I am cat sitting for Steph and she has a pool. I might just go jump in that after this because I'm, I'm dying you right should now. should podcast from the pool. I, I disagree because I feel like this community is about to get wrecked if I go near the pool. Craig's just like on a float <laughs> talking. Yeah, let's talk about Bobby Brink, baby. <laughs> Got a crazy straw drink. What are you going to say about BB? You lay it on me. I'll tell you. He's good. And then just keep floating around doing nothing. Uh, do you, uh, Steven, do you want to uh, do this game? Let's do this game. I'm excited about this game. I will say, for clarification, the $200 game we're about to do, and then also I do have the usual uh, questions for you on top of that. I did I, I did Ooh, a little I bit. I didn't realize there was uh, Craig questions tonight. A couple. Not not too many, and it's not the usual. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a certain game. It's not usual trivia. So, uh, $200 thing. Do you want to explain it? Sure. So let me pull up the, the link real quick for a little bit of explanation, but uh, essentially... Um, an awesome idea. <laughs> like a really good... No, I mean, like, it's a really good idea for the, the, uh, to construct a team like this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, down goes Brown, uh, Sean McAdoo, uh, on The Athletic, had put up a post the other day. The headline is, down, go, down goes Brown, let's ruin your productivity for the day by playing the $200 lineup game. So, essentially, you get $200 to make a lineup, and what you need three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. Yeah. And the the money is essentially for every regular season game this player mm-hmm. played for your team in question, it's a dollar. Yeah. So somebody like Claude Giroux, you, you can't possibly afford him for the Flyers. Yeah. But, you know, somebody who played like a couple games, like a Mike Maniluk, very affordable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so for me, for this uh, game, four names from Flyers history popped out of my mind. I want you to list them. You said you had a couple too, right? Yeah. So who'd you get? The the first name that came to mind, the first, not even, like, there was no delay. It was Adam Oates. Adam Oates. I have him too. Yep. Adam Oates, fantastic player. And the other caveat with this game is that it's, your lineup construction, like the player, it doesn't count for his time with the team. It's for that player's whole career. Yeah. So that's so you're the, trying to build the best lineup you can with kind of like rentals and shit. Yeah. Team uh, players. Yeah, exactly. Rentals or guys that had cups of coffee with their team and then got the yeah. fuck out of there. But had, like, guys awesome. you uh, traded way too early in their career, which will. We'll <laughs> I almost tried to come to a couple options there. I couldn't work uh, one of them into mine. So oh, I, I worked one of them in because I went dirt cheap on one position. I did too. I uh, wait. Okay, so Oates was one. I had three other ones. Did you? What other okay. ones? One of the other guys that popped into my head was Yager. Yager. Yep. Uh, and then 
at goalie, I number one, the Flyers goalie history, it's like all or nothing. They either played a shit ton of games for the Flyers or they had a cut. Yeah. And there's I actually thought of uh, Sean Burke at goalie for that reason. Oh, OK. I but, had uh, I had Chico Rash <laughs> in one of mine. No, okay. I had, uh, Cam Talbot in the other one. I'll, Cam Talbot, I thought about too. Yeah. So the 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 other three names I'm thinking, or the other two names now besides Adam Oates and Yarmy Yager, or both come from the '97 Cup run. Uh, Dale Howardchuck and um, Paul Coffey. Nice. Yeah, I thought of Paul. Paul Coffey. Coffey. Was, Paul Coffey was a tough one to work in there, and I had, I, I wasn't quite yeah. able to do it in balance the way I wanted to. Like oats, you have to go with oats is fourteen dollars. Oh my god, it's in this. It. yeah, and he and the guy had one thousand four hundred and twenty points. Like he is. Oh uh, yeah, he was eighteenth no all time. Yeah, eighteenth all time points, and then oh he uh eighteen hundred and twenty points because Howard Chuck is twentieth with one thousand four hundred nine. Oh, is it eighteen hundred twenty? Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, I must have written it down. No, 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 earlier. no, no. no. Uh, but yeah, Howard Chuck. Howard Chuck's another one too. He played sixty-seven Jeez, games. Sixty-seven games for the Flyers, which is. A fair amount, but still, he's 20th all time with over 1,400 points. So, um, do you want to you want to go through your lineup first, or you want me to do mine? Sure. So okay. I actually had two lineups. I did. I did so too. I'll, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll do both. But on both of them, I went dirt cheap on defense, and I feel horribly ashamed about it. I at the same time. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, okay, yeah, yeah. Adam Oates had to happen. Yep. Adam Oates had to happen. Uh. Discount left wing. Discount left wing. Patrick Sharp. Okay. Patrick Sharp, sixty-six dollars. Sixty-six. Oh, okay. How many points did how many points did he end up with? I would have to look that back oh, okay. up. But a pretty good amount of points, but I yeah. mean it's it, Patrick Sharp's a nice player. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um my first iteration I had Yager in there. Okay. Which I think an Oat Sharp Yager line is pretty formidable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at goalie, I threw in, I kind of varied between Carter Hart, uh, Cam Talbot, Sean Burke, and I didn't even consider Jeff Hackett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Hackett and, Jeff, Hackett. Jeff Hackett and Sean Burke, if you look at it, are basically the same goalie. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that sounds about but right. Sean Burke had higher highs, essentially, whereas Hackett was kind of just, you know, comfortably mediocre to good most of his career was, uh, listen to a certain u2 song i remember uh <laughs> oh, it was a beautiful day yeah that's definitely the one sunday oh, bloody sunday one of those. yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> case, like so fine now right like we are we is that good i have no idea yeah, let's we'll, just go with, we'll it. go with it yeah well fine yeah. from jeff Hackett. Just, from go with it. Just, just, just go with it just go with it so where I went horrifically discounted was defense. And I just yep. kept this the same because I love the savings here from guys that were pretty useful at points in their career. And I'd rather just stack it on forward. Hal Gill. Oh, dude, I looked at him. I almost put at a it. whopping at a whopping six dollars. Yeah. And my favorite value pick for a guy who was absolutely horrific in his lone game as a flyer. Damn it, we picked the same guy. <laughs> Johnny Oduya. <laughs> I had him I had him in both my lineups. So nice career. Absolutely horrific game as a flyer. One game. Yeah, so I mean I was trying to well, Okay, so that was my first one. Yeah. My second one, I kept oats, I kept sharp. I went higher on goalie. I went uh Sergei Bobrovsky. 
okay. at $83. Ooh. And then at right wing, I went horrifically discounted for just... Andreas Nodal. Andreas Nodal. No. Christopher <laughs> Stig. I looked at for Stig, too. I looked yeah, so at for Stig, too. Oats, Sharp, yeah. versus Stig. Who might put up some points, mostly from Oats. And, uh, but Bobrovsky back in goal can make up for the Hal Gill, John yeah. Oduya defense. I was, for the longest time, because you sent this yesterday. And then uh, I think Kelly... I have an Excel spreadsheet I was missing. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, Kelly, I think Kelly was looking at it before we recorded yesterday. Because so I heard her mentioning Richard Park. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then today, I had not looked at it, and I had no idea what the setup was. And I looked at the, the question at like 6 today, and I think I sat on my computer for like an hour, hour and a half, just like going through. It's a, I don't know, it's a fun question. So... I yeah, would, and it's it's easy to just set up a quick quick like Google sheet with yeah. it and just have it like do the auto calculations and you just kind of plug everybody in accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. I um so I was trying to figure out I was looking at first dig a lot because I was trying to figure out a way to fit Yager, coffee and oats all in the same team. And then right, like coffee that, was I, I ran into a lot of problems with coffee and I really I got to fit them in there. I got one with coffee. So my the way I built my teams were I the goaltending, I tried to pick out goalies that didn't play a lot, but still had some points. Like, I was trying to, I was looking for gross overall points, I guess. Yeah. But, like, so my defenses and goaltending suck. My first team is Yager, Oates, Howard, Chuck, Kubina, Oduya, Chico Rush. That was $194. Okay. Yager had 73, Oates was 14, Howard, Chuck was 67. Kubina was 17, uh, and then Oduya was one, and Chico Rush apparently played 22 games for the Flyers. Uh, and you know when you look at points wise, yeah, Yager second, nineteen twenty one, Oates eighteenth to eighteen twenty, Howard Chuck twentieth, fourteen oh nine, Kabina three eighty six, Odia one ninety, and then Chico Rush had fifteen points. So you're looking at five thousand seven hundred forty one points, I believe. And then the second team was Oates and Howard Chuck and Odia again, but then at four they swapped out Yager uh, for Alexei Jamnov, and then I put in Coffee. And made the goalie Talbot, and then broke out the 200. <laughs> nice. And I think, uh, yeah, Jamnoff was 719 points. And then Coffee, of course, uh, or not of course, but 13th all time with 1,531 points. And then Talbot has three points. So that was 5,672. So I, the first one, though, I feel like a line of Yager, Oates, and Howard Chuck would be absolute nonsense. Oh, it would be absolute nonsense. That's a great line. That, I feel like that has to be one of the. Like, if you were to pull off another game from this and form just the best offensive line of any player that's played one game for your team, this might... Like, these guys are all top 20, I believe we just said, in scoring, right? <laughs> all yeah, the same yeah. line. That would be, be kind of bonkers, but... Yeah, I mean, Down Goes Brown made a, a few of them, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the best values on there was the Blues, where they had uh, Wayne, oh Gretzky God, Wayne Gretzky for, yeah, like, a cup of coffee, essentially. Uh, what was his blues lineup? It was uh, Gretzky, Peter Stadsny, uh, Glenn Anderson at forward, defense Doug Harvey and Phil Housley, uh, goaltender Martin Brodeur at $7. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They've had everybody just have a cup of coffee there. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Have yeah. a cup of coffee under the arch. Great. <laughs> I was trying to think of other players I was looking at that didn't cost um, a ton of value. I was looking at And if you're playing this, by the way, the best way to do this is go on a hockey reference and look at all the players all time for the Flyers and rank it by reverse of games played. Yeah. So like st basically bottom to top. 
Yeah. Well, at first, too, I was doing it not just by points, but like, I guess, personal uh, like accomplishments. Or not personal, but like how many cups they won, like hard trophy and all that kind of crap, too. So that's why I was oh, trying sure, to get sure. Yager and coffee into the same one. And then just be like, well, right. Yager, <laughs> coffee, Howard Chuck, <laughs> yeah. Oats. Like, those are all good. Oats is the no brainer because a guy Oats. had uh, 14 useless games with the Flyers and had an amazing NHL career otherwise. That. And the Flyers gave up the Flyers gave up a first, a second, and third, I think, for fourteen games of Adam Oates. And then I don't think the Capitals drafted anything with those. Two. It was like one of the worst trades in the history of hockey that nobody talked about. It was about. just terrible <laughs> for everybody. All parties lost. The team that mortgaged the future got fourteen games. The team that bought the future didn't get any future. So it was uh, it was a good all around. It was a nice trade. <laughs> but that was uh yeah that was a that was a pretty good game. We did, we should probably do more of those before the season starts because I have a feeling. Ain't shit gonna happen for the next couple weeks. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, do you want uh, you want to do my game now? I have a game that is not just trivia. Sure. Although it is kind of trivia, uh, but it's uh, since it seems as though the GM opening in Minnesota is between Ron Hextall and Don Waddell, I decided to create a game called Ron or Don. So I'm gonna ask you, Ooh, to Ron or Don, and you tell me uh, what the answer is with either uh, Ron or Don, and of course you know variations, Ronnie, Donnie, Donald, Ron, you know all that kind of crap. It's actually just Ron from Party Down or Don Draper. <laughs> I avoided both of those because I thought you'd get them. So, and as usual, <laughs> I'm trying to know. You chose right. <laughs> uh, first one, though, I think. I mean. This one, I think you should get. Uh, in 2005, this actor was nominated for an Oscar for his role in Hotel Rwanda. He's also in House oh. of Lies, Crash, and Avengers. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. All right, number two. By the way, by the way, that that character from Party Down is Ron Donald. So. Oh, oh, shit. oh there you go. <laughs> I did <laughs> not know go. that. <laughs> All right. Surprisingly, I didn't know a thing about pop culture, Steve. Did you know that? That's pretty. <laughs> wow. I have breaking news on this episode of Flight. Uh, number two. This famous football player. Uh, who was a safety for the San Francisco 49ers, famously cut off his pinky at the end of a season so he wouldn't miss games recovering the following season. Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott. What a maniac. Why? Complete maniac. Why would you do that? That's the most, yeah, that's the most 200 hockey men, you know, tough guy football got it out thing. You you don't need to do that. You should make some memes about that. I'm sure. I'm sure they're somewhere. I'm LeBron's sure. LeBron's got a little pinky injury, and he's gonna sit down. But Ronnie Lott, a real man, <laughs> they, they, they pinky. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Uh, this question. I don't know. I remembered it. I don't know how popular of a movie it was. This 2013 movie featured Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing a character who apparently tried to stop watching porn so he could go out with Scarlett Johansson. I was uh, Don Juan. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, or I, it's D O N J O N. I'm saying I'm, I remember it being Don Juan, wasn't it? I, that's what I remember yeah, it as. I, say, I saw yeah. like Don John. <laughs> or was it Don John? Don John. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, it's a, it's a play on Don Juan yeah. because he's from Jersey. Yeah, he's yeah exactly. I I, I think Joseph Gordon Levitt directed that too. Yeah, I, I I was like looking, you know, I was doing my Don research. I'm like. Oh my god, this fucking movie! And I went back and watched the trailer for it, and I'm like, it's funny that Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Scarlett Johansson both read these scripts and then went, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that movie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I can that do that." Like, like they're I'm both, gonna, yeah. 
They're both actors that are just way above that. No, they don't they're need to like, do it. No, they need to the industry. Like, he, we already know who you are. You don't need to do that crap. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, number four. So you are three for three, Stephen, by the way. I don't, I don't want to add pressure on here. But uh, number four, uh, this idiot was on the Eagles in 2011 and decided in a game against the 49ers, not 49ers in this podcast, uh, to turn an attempt to throw the ball out of bounds after he failed to break the line of scrimmage, but instead provided maybe the most artistic turnover in the history of football. I don't know if you remember this or not. Oh, boy. It is one of the this... only things that cuts to my mind when I think of when I hear this name. And it's a Ron or a Don hmm? of some sort? Yes. I think, oh, God, where else did he play? Um, he's with the Dolphins, too? Uh, besides that, he uh, I think he just highly drafted and then had a career that fizzled out pretty quickly. With plays like this, I can understand why. <laughs> I am blanking on this one. Ronnie fucking Brown decided that once he hit oh! the line, yeah, once he hit the line, that it was Ooh. a good idea to bend back and attempt to just huck the ball into the sky, hoping it would leave the stadium, but instead held onto it for a quarter second too long and spucked it into the ground for a fumble. So that was, was that the, the dream team. That was, that was the dream team. Yeah. That was the beginning. Oh that was my God, what a clusterfuck. That was a fucking atrocious season. I, we deserve at least two more Super Bowls for that season alone. Agreed. Fucking Babin's comments and Vince Young being the, yeah, starting the whole dream team. Yeah, it was a good time. This is yeah. a, it's a good vibe to go on the podcast. <laughs> Thinking about the dream team. Uh, Thinking about the dream team, the Eagles, I think, start preseason tomorrow on a very highly anticipated season. And we're like, let's talk about the dream team, those fucks. Do you think, okay, do you think this is the most highly anticipated Eagles season in history? Not in history, but it's, it's up, up there. there. The most highly I anticipated mean, Eagles season I can remember is when Terrell Owens came yeah. to the Eagles. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that one is clearly. I think this one only is because we know this group can get over that final hurdle and now this team looks better than they may have been two years ago and right you have a motivated ones and jeffrey and yeah um bringing back a popular player into sean jackson there's a lot of yeah big factors here that i think uh have people pumped and justifiably so i'm pumped so but i i still think 2004 was definitely no 2004 was yeah i think 2004 just because they had been to the nfc championship and failed so many times and they actually made that big splash move to try and get over that hump and brought in just such a, an exciting dynamic player. It didn't help that Tio's first play in any particular fashion with the Eagles was like an 80 or bomb during the preseason game against the Ravens. I don't think it was unbelievable. Happened. Yeah. That's the, uh, the greatest preseason play in Eagles history. <laughs> I watched that with my family or my stuff family who were big Ravens fans. And then I laughed and I laughed and then the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. But anyway, uh, f- number five, question number five, Steve, you're three for four. And about to throw up. Uh, final question. Drafted fourth overall in 1982, this former Flyers captain finished with 535 points in 1,093 games in the NHL between the Flyers, Sharks, Blues, Nordiques, Islanders, Bruins, and Flames. He and his identical brother, Rich, were on the Flyers for three seasons in the 80s. Three seasons he was a captain uh, in the late 80s. Yeah, I think that's really the only hint I could uh, give you. 
part. I, I know this one, and it's just going to take me a I, second to. Yeah, I know the next hint I'll give you. I think would give it to you. Yeah, don't don't give me the hint. I just yeah. need to. I, I my brain just needs to process it for a second because I'm going to kick myself if I don't get this right. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like I'm just going to be furious if I don't get this right. So, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Sutter. Ron Sutter. Yep, there you go. Thank God. I was going to say. Thank God. I was, gonna, I was about to be like clarification, and my hint was going to be part of a huge, ginormous. Oh, I'm there. sorry. We cannot take that. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of my uh, trivia part. But uh, we did get one question from a fan. I have not asked oh, you. Wow. Uh, of course, friend of the show, Dan Fortuna, always tweeting at us, and we appreciate it. So I'm gonna. We do. Repeat this question on here. I because it was multiple choice. I knew it. I'm going to ask you, Steve. I'm going to give you the multiple choice options, too. Let's uh, see how you're feeling. Uh, who became the first flyer to score in a penalty shot in the playoffs? A, Mark Recchi, Eric Lindros, uh, C, Eric Desjardins, or D, Keith Primo? It happened in 1997. Well, it definitely wasn't Keith Primo. Right. Probably wasn't Mark Recchi. Uh I'm going to go with the wild card option here and go with uh, Rico Desjardins. You should have stuck with the classics because it was Eric Lindros, Eric Lindros? who beat okay. Steve Shields 9-13 in the Game 5 of the Flyers Eastern Conference Semifinals game against the I Sabres. Definitely watched that, so I, I should have <laughs> To make it 3 nothing. It, it's been a minute. It's been 22 years. It's so been a little I'll... bit of time, yeah. Yeah. I, I just over, you know, I went for the classic, like, um, you know, it can't be the obvious choice here. No, I, I did the same thing, too. But then at the same time, I was like, I don't know how many breakaways Deja Dan's would have been getting in 1997. I mean, like, I know he was mobile and he did some stuff. But at the same time, I don't it know. wasn't his game. He, yeah. he was not typically up there. Yeah. He wasn't like a, a Gostas Bear type who would jump up and and make that kind of play. It seemed very out of character. But yeah, that, yeah no, and now I'm going to have to look this up because, yeah. By the way, about a 90, uh, 97 uh, cup run talk here. Dale Howardchuk and uh, and whatnot, and Paul Coffey, and now Eric Lindros in this penalty shot. So it's good we're getting that on the show. Talk about the good times, rather than uh, I mean right right now it's fine. So. Is it? I mean it should. I'm think I'm still positive about next season. Once you know if they come out one eight and one or whatever, it's okay. But I I'm trying to stay positive. I'm feeling good about this upcoming season. So that's my Hooray. that's my personal stance. Yeah, I I feel I I don't know how to feel. That's <laughs> really, how it comes down. I don't know how to feel. About I just want to see season. them fucking play know. games because we've been saying. Right, I just want to see them yeah. fucking play games. I just want to get back to the you know hoodie weather, right? Football, hockey, just all the good stuff. Yeah, well, the football is kind of starting tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, but do you how the hoodie weather isn't close? I no, need the hoodie, hoodie weather. weather. Nowhere near. It's I, too yeah. damn hot. It's way too hot. Yeah. Uh, fall's the best season now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's fall or spring. The I like winter too because I am uh, pale and the sun hates me. So summer used to be my favorite, but now I just I I get burned whenever I go outside at all. How to get burned? <laughs> and not verbal burns. Not like the dunking that everybody sees weekly on this podcast and the other one. But I'm talking oh, about wow. like the uh, the UV rays are you know going to give me cancer or something. But, <laughs> You know, that's uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. They say in the biz. So uh, that's where right. the ozone crumbles. <laughs> uh, around the league, I guess, right? I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, Kevin Chattenkirk recently bought out, signed a one-year deal with Tampa, one point seven five million. Uh, not a bad signing by the Lightning. 
Yeah, uh, I was uh, surprised. I mean, I, I wasn't that surprised the, the Rangers bought him out, but I was surprised that Tampa Bay was the team that got him and got him. And of course, he's going to have a resurgent regular season. When I they'll just have like 145 points or some <laughs> shit. I think, yeah, I think this is a good gamble on uh, on Sean Kirk by the, the Lightning. I'm still kind of surprised that just with all the blue liners the, the Rangers are paying, I, I'm kind of surprised they went with... Um, Cutting Shattenkirk over, I don't know, Mark Stahl or even Brendan Smith. I don't think Brendan Smith has been that great the last couple of years. So I have to look at that. Uh, Aiden Hill stays with uh, Arizona for one year, 708K. Uh, Trevor Carrick was traded to the Sharks with Kyle Wood going back to the Hurricanes. Uh, Trevor Carrick also signed a two year deal for 700K a year after being traded. Uh, Andre Markov wants to return to the Canadians on a one-year deal. Andre Markov, by the way, same age as his jersey number now, so that's fun. 79. Uh, both Zach Stortini... Congratulations, Andre. <laughs> both uh, Zach Stortini and Steven Gianta retired. I meant to put in their career stats in here. You guys don't care. I mean, Zach Stortini and Steven Gianta. If you uh, combine them, they'd be a Gentini. There you go. We didn't need that. We need that comment. That comment's better than whatever stats would have given you. <laughs> uh, and then this is you ready for these around the league notes from uh <laughs> for August. I've former, never been more ready for anything former, in my life. Former Edmonton Oiler uh, Liam Reddix and Bobby Farnham uh, are joining the Belfast Giants in EISA or EIHL, the uh, United Kingdom's highest uh, tier of hockey. Uh, former. Panther, Flame, and Canuck, Drew Shore is switching KHL teams from the Kunlon Red Star to the Dy- to Dynamo Minsk. Uh, Dynamo Minsk also features Andre and Sergei Kostitsins, and uh, they also feature Jonas Enroth. Um, former Sabre Duck, Hurricane, and Devil Mark Andre Gragiani is also jo- joining Dynamo Minsk. I think we should have a spin off Dynamo Minsk podcast, to be honest, because they also have. I think so. Uh, former Panther and uh, Jet Quentin Hounded is also leaving Dynamo Minsk and is set to join Torpedo Nishni Novgorod, who has Che Genoway, Anton Volchenkov, Jordan Schroeder, and Anders Limbach. Uh, Former Red Wing, Wild, and Coyote. This is the last one. Former Red Wing, Wild, and Coyote, Timo Polkinen is also leaving Dynamo Minsk to join Usain HC in the NLA, uh, which also, that team also features Joel Vermin, Corey Emerton, Terry Limbaum, Josh Joris, Ronalds Kennens, Christoph Berchi, and Dustin Jeffrey. So there you go. That is what's happening in the wide world of hockey. And those uh, are those are just all the best, all the best names, all the best people. Yeah, just yeah, the stuff. They were all in the league at one time. They haven't been there for a while, but because there's not a lot to put in that section, they're getting a call back now. So that's what. Uh, it's around the league. That's around the world. That's that's this. We are. That's it. I just I just want to tell everybody to keep an eye out for the dynamic mince cask, which is <laughs> cast is, which is coming any day now. Could be a t- it could be a point of conversation on that solo podcast next week. We'll see. It's actually it's a fascinating experiment because it's uh, every sentence that Craig and I are saying to each other is automatically being translated through Google Translate and then being repeated by a robot. Thrilling <laughs> listen. <laughs> oh steven that is uh that's it for the show let's get out of here man somebody needs thought. more donkey sauce just cool refreshing donkey sauce yeah we need more guy fieri needs to start a hockey league or <laughs> like, i'm in for that oh uh, well i mean 
We need to be the announcers for that hockey league. For us personally, we need him to just start his summer hockey league in July and August, and then we have year-round tent. We're we're stacked when it comes to tent. We can pump out three-hour episodes every single week. That's all we need. So if somebody wants to uh, write him, then nobody write him a letter. Don't anybody write Guy Fieri a letter saying he's don't write him a letter. Okay, I, I was gonna say I was gonna put that as a joke, but I feel like somebody's gonna like screenshot an email too, and be like, all right, yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> But guy, if you're listening for whatever reason, yeah, we know you're just do it. Yeah. If you're listening, guy, just uh, please know if you want, I'll just do the Doc Emmerich voice for the play by play for your league. If if you so desire. And now we'll wait. We'll see now if you respond back. We'll see the if the donkey sauce master general himself <laughs> will respond to us. But I'm not holding my breath because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame it. Yeah. So a uh, quick programming note. Uh, we did mention it earlier. We will be taking next week off from podcast, a uh, little break in the summer and then uh, coming back strong the week after with something or other. We'll, we'll find something to talk about. At one point, I would really like to do a quick like kind of glossary or something of flyperbole terms and, and these deep inside jokes we talk about oh because, yeah we could definitely do that yeah I, that's something I, i'd like to do for some summer yeah because people and, jumping on now may not get some of the jokes that we were making like we're nothing if not inclusive yeah yeah exactly yeah, i, I want to make sure I, so i'd like to do that and i remember i, I jotted down a, a bunch of summer podcast things we could do so Such. two weeks from now i might be cracking open that ca- tasty can of, of tent and seeing <laughs> what is inside I, I, we need to do the, uh, the, um, side characters like the, yeah, no, yeah. Well, so put, we'll, we got verbally glossary. We've got best TV side character rankings, all, all that fun stuff yeah. coming up for you in our hockey podcast. <laughs> I stand to play a hockey podcast though. There you go. Yeah. So if you, if you have any questions though, about our numerous inside jokes, please <laughs> address them to us on Twitter and we'll try to, uh, Compile them all and address accordingly in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, that's that's what we got. So if you have any feedback, best place is on twitter.com.org.edu. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and I, I do want to add a couple of things, too, because uh, we are taking next week off. And I've mentioned it like 10 times already. I'm going to try and do a solo thing. Uh, I, I think there's going to be enough to talk about to kind of put one out there. I don't know how long it's going to be. It'll probably be like an hour. I would hope it will be around an hour. Uh, and then also, uh, because of a certain situation that came up, I will be writing about the Wild this month as well. Uh, so I'm going to be writing four articles in the Minnesota Wild that will be on Hockey Wilderness. So if you want to read about the Wild, for whatever reason, I will be doing <laughs> some of the writing. So go ahead and check that out. Me, I believe Maddie's also going to be writing four articles on the Wild as well. Because... Uh, Unlike Broad Street Hockey, Hockey Wilderness uh, does not seem too motivated to write anything. Broad Street uh, Hockey Wilderness. Wild Street Hockey. Wild Street Hockey. There you go. That's, you go. that's, uh, what, the, that's and, what the new blog is called. But, yeah, well, Craig, um, just I, uh, I, I had a quick comment on that. Yeah, so yeah, while yeah. The, the Wild might not be bringing in Ron Hextall, you and Maddie are bringing a little taste of the Flyers organization to the Minnesota Wild. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to drop in their slack and then whenever they're like we want to sign this big name free agent we're gonna be like no no no, you don't 
that's not what Hextall do. <laughs> you just drop into their Slack and you put a bunch of like weird memes they don't understand. <laughs> and then you're just saying dunked on, totally dunked on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I mean, because it's a team I'm not as familiar with. They kind of set out a guideline of what we're all going to write. I think my first my article's on Monday. I'm going to talk about uh, the state of their defense and just talk about what to expect out of the team next year defensively and everything. Uh, and then also, I I haven't written in a while because I've been uh, too busy doing the podcast, but I will. I should have something out by Friday this week and then also have another article out early next week on top of the Wild Monk. So look for that tangy tent. One is on a lucky and unlucky shooting this year, and then the other one's uh, on Ivan Provorov compared to other defensemen that played a shit ton of minutes this season. So, yeah. Now, that's it. Now I'm done, Steve. Oh, I'm good, good. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> No more rambles. No more rambles, yeah. That's, and this whole thing's rambling. It's fine. How, it's fine. how long are we looking? What, what, how long is this? I have to edit some audio, but we might reach an oh, hour. Okay, gotcha. right. It's certainly not a two-hour marathon, and you won't hear me complaining, because I've, I've got to edit the sucker, I've got to work in the AM, uh, all that fun stuff, all the responsibilities of an adult. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. We can't pump out two hours every single week, I guess. Last every week, single, we just, you I know, think it's most worth noting during the season. I, I think it is worth noting, too, that last week for an August episode, I think you and I legit almost recorded for like three and a half hours. Yeah, to get Even an though, hour of ten. Yeah, to get our shortest podcast. So I think I think this week is fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I'm not going to. Oh, I Here we are. In August. Yeah. So uh, if you have any feedback from me, the best place is Fly Burbly on Twitter. You can also follow me at Bob, but uh, Fly Burbly is the place to go. Quick shout out to this guy at the Phillies game in Arizona who caught a fly ball with a baby in his arm. That is oh, a ballsy move and a uh, that's some skills, sir. Uh, that's some kind of courage I will never show yeah. at all. Yeah, that's and that's you're talking about being a father, of course. Yeah, not the whole trying to catch a ball with a baby thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. I'll just all you gotta do there is just drop the baby and put two hands up. Like it becomes the, on. the parenting part. That's a yeah. no brainer. Yeah, no oh, brainer. Yeah, keep the baby in a baseball glove. <laughs> Boom. Boom. You get to throw out your business ideas on record because you've thrown out like five business ideas. I am an ideas man. At the end of the day, I'm an ideas man, and we all know it. Yeah. Uh, follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, like us on Facebook, and uh, be sure to rate and review on all of those wonderful podcast services. You know what they are. I don't need to say them over and over Who again. Who has time to go through them? Yeah. Who's, who's yeah. got the brain power to keep making up fake <laughs> podcast services? I was really hoping to stall until I came up with a good one. I didn't think of one, so it's not happening. Uh, that's all right. I mean, they're still there, so the people know where they're to go. They're still there. The people know where to go. Folks, that's all we got. We're burnt out. We're tired. We're going. We'll see you in two weeks, but we really thank you for listening and sticking yes. with us in the summer. It's hot, and I'm about to pass out. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> we guys. We do. Yeah, we see everything. Whenever you guys tweet us, we see everything, and we appreciate everything. I, I yeah. love the interactions. I love that you guys like the podcast so much. So if you ever want to tweet, always tweet. Always that's tweet. Not, yeah. Do at us. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. All right, folks. That's it. Until next time. As always, good night and good hockey.